Welcome back, everybody, to the Fantasy Golf Bag First Look podcast slash live stream. Uh, this is a preview for the 2022 Players Championship. My name is Drew Matthews. I am the main contributor here at FantasyGolfBag.com. Um, and this show is actually sponsored by 4BallFantasy.com. That's the number 4BallFantasy.com. You can draft your uh, majors-only best ball teams. So they have best ball for the full season. And now they have a majors-only, <coughs> excuse me, that starts at uh, the Masters. And will run Masters, PGA, US Open, British Open. Um, only have to draw, draft six golfers. You don't have to do any maintenance. We'll count the best four golfers every week, every, every major week. And then uh, you can reap the rewards at the end of the, the four majors at the end of the British Open. So uh, check out 4BallFantasy.com. Also, uh, fantasygolfbag.com is running a, a deal at the moment. So the first, their first sub back. So if you are a previous member at Fantasy Golf Bag or a new member, you can use the code BAG22, B-A-G-22, um, for monthly or weekly, and you'll get 50% off that first subscription. So excited for that. And let's, um, we'll talk a little bit about the golf course. And again, the first look is just essentially taking a first look at the field. The um, guys that pop in a lot of our data at fantasygolfbag.com. Um, I will encourage you to definitely check out the showdown stuff. So I'll go ahead and, and share. So this is a, again, dual stream, live stream and, um, audio version. I'm just going to bring this up really quick. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so the showdown EAP, this is published each day for the showdown slate. So it's been a big hit this year. Uh, obviously, from a couple years back, this was part of the main package at Fantasy Golf Bag. It has now come back for this season. So we're pretty excited about that. Talk through some examples. Obviously, you can read, if you haven't already, about the Spectrum data. <coughs> and then you can download the sheet and view it. And like I said, for showdown data, this is some of the best stuff you can use you know, avoid using strokes gain as much as you can. Strokes gain for showdown is really a in a negative edge in a lot of in a lot of ways. One is a lot of people still use it, which they shouldn't. And then so obviously if you know they're using it, there creates an edge when you've basically it's a double edge. You have data that they don't have, and then you know they're using ba- bad data that's strokes gained for showdown. So for the showdown, you can, again, use the code BAG22, and you can use this each day for showdown and walk through all the players. You can figure out who's playing the actual best, who has the best opportunities. Uh, we even added in some really granular par five scoring um, this last week for the API, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, and that'll be included this week, which we'll talk about here in a second. The par five scoring is going to be pretty important here at uh, TBC Sawgrass. So let me hop back. Let me go ahead and open the main sheets. I'll uh, kind of remind you what we like to use here. Um, so we have two main things. So again, you go to fantasygolfbag.com, the very first tab, or not even the first tab, the, the home screen at the very top, you'll see our three main data points, um, extended approach and super procs, and then showdown EAP obviously is for showdown. So what I want to do is I want to open extended approach and I want to open our super procs data. Um, many of you already are familiar with how to get in here and then download it to Excel, which is really, is really powerful for us to kind of create our own filters or weights. And you'll see with the normal extended approach, there's already a model built into it. So you can, you know, create your own custom model. And again, for simplicity, just go ahead and download the super procs. It'll pop up down here. 
And then for extended approach, <clears throat> I'm going to download that as well. And then open that. So it'll open up. I'm going to pull it up over here to this screen. You can see it. And again, this is already loaded for the player's championship field with Bryson. He's in here, but he's also marked out, so you don't have to worry about it. And let's see. All right, so we'll talk about this in just a second. As always, let's talk about the golf course first. Um, <clears throat> there might be some weather. So I did pull up the weather, which I normally just talk about a little bit in my article. And then on uh, Wednesday during the live stream at 8.30 p.m. So you can check it out in the same channel you're watching this at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday nights. So looks like we got a little bit not so concerned with the wind. I mean, there's there's I don't, I don't know what's going to happen on Saturday. Like, that's pretty ridiculous. Um, Sunday back to normal. So you can kind of get a, a glimpse right off the bat. First thing that caught my eye is rain. Um, doesn't really play into any of my player pool selections as of yet. I mean, it's still Monday, which is notably early for a first look in terms of like during the day. And I know a lot of other people have already got their early um, podcast out over the weekend. So kudos to them, but we like to do it Monday. I was going to stick to that schedule regardless that the pricing came out early. So Thursday, uh, wind looks crazy. I'm not going to pull up the super forecast, which gives it hour by hour, but you can see it's going to be pretty windy Thursday, <coughs> excuse me, in that area, a little bit of rain. So we'll see how that plays out. Friday, a little bit of rain again, not as much wind, a little bit in the afternoon, but guys should be should be mostly done with their round by 4 or 5 p.m. Saturday looks crazy. I don't know how, how that's going to work out. That might just be a push. Uh, I mean, if it's really going to be gusting 40, 30 to 40 miles an hour, I mean, I guess 45, they can push T times back. Let's just say Saturday because it's after the cut. Uh, 30, 30 miles, let's just say 30. We'll just round it to 30. 30 mile power gusts. 20 sustained is pretty strong. <clears throat> Golf course is tree lines, but still the, the wind, even though it's tree line, it almost makes it worse. It'll go between the trees and it'll swirl and it makes it a lot less predictable. So I'm not going to spend too much time on the weather, but I did want to bring it up. There's some crazy looking weather that we do see this week. Um, and then Sunday, ironically, the nicest day of the week. If it pushes, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not going to say they're not going to play on Saturday at all. But, I mean, if it pushes into Sunday and then a Monday finish, it's pretty nice weather on Monday. So they they may look ahead to that and say, yeah, I mean, we we can just avoid this situation. It's a $20 million purse. I think it's $20 million now. It's huge. Um, but, yeah, let's talk about the golf course in general, some history on it. I have Data Golf pulled up. Let me remove my face. And then, like I said, the <clears> – <throat> A couple interesting points on this golf course in particular. So last year, Justin Thomas won at minus 14. Rory McIlroy, two years prior because of COVID in 2020, he won at minus 16. Webb Simpson at minus 18 in 2018, just put on a crazy putting clinic. Siwoo Kim minus 10 in 2017. And I'm not going to go back further than that, but you get an idea. Low teens is probably the winning score. Generally speaking, we know we have weather this week, so we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But the interesting note for Justin Thomas. So Justin Thomas won at 14 under last year. He actually played the par fives at 14 under. So we we have a pretty good idea that the the par five or the par fours can be pretty tough on this golf course. Like they're not necessarily long. 
you can even see it right off the bat, 7,100 yards. It's not a long golf course, but there are quite a few less than driver holes. And then the par fives are really the scoring opportunities. Um, two and nine are reachable. Nine's a beast, but a lot of guys can reach it. Um, and then obviously 16, I think everyone in the field can reach that. So not too concerned with that. And then 11 guys, the longer guys can go for it shorter guys may lay up just because there's a lot of water so par five scoring will actually be pretty important this week and like i said we have the data for for a couple really granular par five stats and i think that's going to be interesting to look at this week i think par five scoring i i hate talking about par four par five par three scoring but for this golf course i think there's quite a bit of an edge and i even saw it last week i posted a picture on uh sunday night in our fantasy golf bag discord let me see if i can pull it up really quick um so there's two players they both made the cut um this was at the api so this is interesting i wish i had it up i can share it on the screen i'm just gonna talk through it really quick thomas peters finished t32 at the arnold palmer invitational taylor pendrith finished t42 so 10 spots higher um at the arnold palmer thomas peters scored 50.5 points Taylor Pendrith scored 63.5 points. So literally 13 points more for Taylor Pendrith. And he's, he was 10, 10 places higher. Um, He had five more bogeys. The kicker was he had two Eagles and Thomas Peters had zero. The Eagles are worth eight points each. So even from, even outside of just the player's championship guys that are going to play well here, probably are going to score well in the par fives. I think that's a given the DFS scoring for guys that are going to score well in the par fives is really a big deal. I mean, I, I never saw it at such a level of like two guys, because normally you're looking at guys that finished top five versus top 15. And you're like, yeah, this guy scored, you know, had three extra birdies. So he actually scored more fantasy points than the guy that finished um, seventh place. Well, this guy finished 30 seconds or 42nd and 32nd. And the two Eagles was a 13 point difference. I mean, that's huge. That's literally placement points. I mean, it's like he placed like 15 places higher. Um, so I think outside of just in contention, guys are going to have to score well in the par fives. The scoring on the par fives this week, even going forward, obviously, um, if the par fives are semi-easy, like there's a lot of guys that can go for it in two, look for guys that can make eagles. Look for obviously the longer guys, <clears throat> but guys that are aggressive that tend to go for those greens on the par fives in two. Um, at least 50% of the time, every single event. You could look at weighted um, to the field, but generally speaking, looking for guys that go two or three, four times around, um, and that's going to definitely help the scoring. So keep a close eye on that. Um, outside of that, it really, it's a really a ball striking golf course. So we'll talk through the course, and then um, we'll dive into our <clears throat> super procs, which was really big last week for Nail and Scheffler. Pretty excited about that um, on Sunday with him. And then the extended approach just gives you a little bit more data that you can model. We have some rankings um, or some weights you can rank. So let's talk a little bit about the golf course. So like I said, 7,100 yards, not short, but not not long for sure. 283-yard driving distance. So similar to last week. Um, in fact, let me pull up data golf for the Arnold Palmer. <clears throat> I don't know if it'll show last week's result or the year prior. 2022, I guess. So you can see, even last week, 7,400 yards, the driving distance was 285. 
Players Championship, 7,100 yards, 283. So it's a lot of the same deal with less than driver on a lot of holes, um, which is pretty am amazing, to be honest, because there's some holes that are really long and guys are hitting three wood or iron off some holes and they still have a wedge in. Plus, they're hitting wedge from like 160 nowadays. But still, it's it's a pretty less than driver centric golf course. So not too concerned with um, not really too concerned with weighted driving distance. I think it helps with the par fives, which I think you could maybe potentially double count. So I'll be looking at driving accuracy. We have that weighted for the field. Um, and then the driving distance, I will use that together. And then obviously our spectrum numbers we have off the tees, which, which we can use. So driving accuracy and greener regulations, the next two things we look at, 65% driving accuracy, 68% green regulation. So not really too penalizing for the driving accuracy. Um, most of the driving accuracy numbers or the driving distance numbers, I should say, is because of the hole setups. There's holes that are dog legs or they kind of pinch in and um, guys are just kind of forced to to lay up. Even number two is a par five and it, it dog legs so hard to the left in the first 350 yards, then it kind of dog legs back to the right slightly guys have to hit three wood off that tee and either hook it if they're right-handed obviously if they have to hook it or they lay back with an iron very few are taking driver on that hole um there's just there's too much risk if you go through the fairway or blow it a little bit right there's out of bounds to the right and it's just too much risk so small <clears throat> small example but basically the the driving distance is because of the horse the course uh layout not so much the penalization of the rough there's a lot of trees so it's it's penalizing if you hit in the trees but it's it's more the course layout um green regulation not too concerned with that because we're weighting this a really strong field to other people i will obviously obviously use greens and regulation which we have weighted um and that's pretty much it um let's see i don't really have anything necessarily interesting that i can speak to here if we look at the you know the leaders for greener regulation um uh, outside of guys that missed the cut who played one or two played two rounds john rom t9 lee westwood second um uh, doug gim here t29 again i'm looking in this column here for the greener regulation um uh, a lot of guys in the top 10 siwoo kim jason kokrak zalatoris 21st charles how the third t9 so this is kind of a descriptive stat in a certain way but we can really look back in recent form for some of these guys going into this week, green and regulations, pretty stable. Like you can get a pretty good idea. If you're waiting green and regulation to the field, who who's really hitting it solid. We'll say like consistently well hitting a lot of greens. That's a good sign. Even off the tee, green and regulation rate off the tee is correlated. So if you see a high green regulation rate in our EAP data, that's a pretty good sign that they're driving it well. And then obviously you can just, back into the number by looking at weighted driving accuracy and stuff we have. Um, I don't know if they have driving accuracy. There's accuracy and distance. So let me, let me see if I can remove some of these strokes gain numbers. I don't care about that. That we'll just leave T to green up. So here's the two. So we, we just looked at green and regulation. Driving accuracy, you can see, is a little bit less correlated for the actual tournament. T58, T35, T22, Charles Howell did okay. Fitzpatrick did okay. But in this, the driving accuracy is not as important. I'm surprised the driving distance is really important. Yeah, I mean, Justin Thomas is up there, but that's kind of just, he's just long. 
but you can see a lot of guys hit it long and didn't really fare too well. So it's really a greener regulation. Um, we can speak to a little bit of driving distance for the par five scoring, but I think the focus for me, for a lot of the players that are outside, you know, the top 50 in the world is going to be looking at their recent green regulation rate to try to find good solid values that can play this golf course. And the other thing too, is we haven't seen a, a very good trend. I don't think ever on this golf course with course history. Um, obviously it's a super strong field. So that's part of the problem, but just going back through some of these results, if I were to pull up the top of the leaderboard, um, you won't see a lot of the same names pop every single every single week. Honestly, I don't know. Just looking at this really quick, the top ten from 2019. I'm not sure if a single person cracked the top ten in 2021. It doesn't even look like the top 20. So if I hop back to 2021, Brian Harmon, maybe I, I think I'm just speaking off of memory. John Rom both finished. I think T11, T9. Um. Who was that? Brian Harmon. Let's just take a peek. Yeah, Brian Harmon. So he finished T8 in 2019. So he's the only one. And this is just the last two years. But for the most part, you don't see a lot of the same guys play well here every year. Um, it's a little bit fluky in that sense. Uh, I hate to use the word fluky, but I, I feel like if you have the best players in the world playing, you should see the same names 10 to fill the top 10 and the top 20. And you don't, you, you get a really mixed variety of guys, um, which is fine. It makes for good TV. It's fun to watch. But for me personally, if I'm looking at a golf tournament and, and the masters is kind of a bias, obviously, but I mean, the masters, you see the same top 10 almost every year. Like it's literally carbon copy year after years, you know, most of the top 10 finish in the top 10 the next year or the top 20 into the top 20 then players is really not that case. So I would not pay too much attention to um, course history. I think course experience is pretty valuable. So I would look at guys that are not making their debut. I won't cut everybody out, but I definitely think that experience on this golf course is pretty important. So that's about it on the golf course. Um, you can see the approach distributions. We'll talk about that in just a second. Obviously that's in our super prox data. Um pretty similar over year over year 125 to 175 you got about 40 percent of the shots in 2021 2019 a few less in 125 for whatever reason and uh still 35 percent most of it's going to fall in that 125 to 200 so pretty wide range there but that's pretty much it so with that being said um don't think anything else stands out yeah let's go ahead and talk about the data so I will pull up, we'll start with super procs first, and then we'll, we'll walk through the extended approach data. Um, and that's where we'll model it and we'll talk through some top guys. So if you're listening on the podcast format, hang in there. We are going to talk about uh, my favorite plays just right off the bat. And again, it's a first look. So there's other stuff that goes into my consensus in my core article and stuff like that. But this is a really good starting point to see who pops. Um, it may give you some ideas to look into these guys further. And obviously we'll talk about values because there were some pretty strong values last week that paid off um, along with the top guys in Superprox. So uh, if you open up Superprox, um, it's already sorted by salary. Let me make this a little bit bigger so you can see it. 
and again, you can view this at fantasygolfbag.com. Um, if you're listening to audio and are curious what it looks like, there's a sample available you can download to, to see what all we offer. Um, and then obviously if you watch this on Twitch or YouTube as a replay, you can, uh, you can see what I'm looking at. So hopefully this does help you in that regard. All right, let's talk about it. So again, it's sorted by, by salary, <clears throat> 11K, John Rahm, Roy McIlroy, 10-8, Colin Morikawa, 10-7, on down the list. So overall, really major-esque pricing, pretty soft. You see Max Homa down here at 7,500. What was Max Homa last week? 8,300, 8,700, something like that. Um, Gary Woodland had a good finish last week, 7,400. So very soft pricing. So that's the first thing I'll, I'll speak to. A lot of good ways to build lineups. You can go stars and scrubs in a sense, and there's plenty of values that you can at least pick from. Um, generally in these stronger fields, the best course of lineup construction is balanced. Uh, we see that quite a bit. So use up the salary, use up 49.9, 49.8, 50K. Don't worry about salary or dupes. Um, <clears throat> I know that's a point of contention against some people, but there's a lot of unique ways you can build when there's no... Um, position slots in golf, unlike NBA or NFL, you're, you're really handcuffed. If you start with the three same guys, you get handcuffed in the same values pretty much in other positions in golf. It's not the same way. So feel free to use up as much salary as you can. And starting balance is a great way to go. Um, we'll talk about it again, Wednesday night, but like for building single entry or hand builds, um, optimally, the, the way that I found works well for me and a lot of other people that I've coached on this is, kind of starting picking guys in your head that you're willing to play at the top. Um, and again, I, I just talked about this on Twitch Wednesday night, so you can go back and, and listen to the full thing. It's near the end, I'm pretty sure, but you can go back and listen to this full spiel. spiel and I pull up um, the Rotor Grinders lineup HQ and walk through, you know, literally hand building one with the same logic. So step one Get your top guys narrowed down to, to a few that you would want to start a lineup with. It doesn't have to be just one guy. If you really are settled on one guy, then this goes out the window. But for me, let's just say, you know, I want to play Colin Morikawa. Um, I want to play Victor Hovland and Xander Shoffley, Hideki. Let's just pick out, you know, four guys. <clears throat> and I'll build, let's just say this for three max or single entry. You got a couple guys in your head. Now from there, you go down into the mid range and start, picking out your favorite mid-price guys. So maybe that's Adam Scott, who's won here before. Um, played really well last week. He had a bad third round, which a lot of people a lot of people did. Um, Sung JM played well. So we'll just you know pick out those two right there. Go down into the, the 7K range, pick out a couple you really like. Max Home has been a stud all year in a lot of our data. Um, so probably go back to that. Terrell Hatton played well last week. Go to that. So now you have an idea of how much salary you have left to get up to one of your high price guys. Maybe it says if you play Colin Morikawa, you have to play a $6,900 guy. But if you play um, Xander Shoffley, you can play a $7,900 guy. Like there's a big range in the values based on that fourth pick in your six man roster or fifth pick, I should say. So just a little refresher on the lineup construction. It's always best to kind of leave the top range void of a decision um narrow it down for sure but this is again single entry talk build out the mid-range build out a value maybe maybe you just have a value that hey i just want to start my lineup with this guy um we'll just say it's uh 
Lanto Griffin or Sepp Straka. I just want to start my lineup with Sepp Straka and that you nail that. And then you go back up to the mid range. And then finally you get your high price guy and you really have a good idea of, of what you're working with for your last play. Um, really helps out instead of you getting jammed at like 7,200 and then you have to figure out which of the five you want to change your <laughs> change um, players and swap them out. So little short spiel on that. Let's talk about the procs and what the data shows for us here. Um, like I showed in data golf, the majority of approaches is coming from 150 to 175 and also that 125 to 150. So you can see that here. Everyone gets a different ranking based on not a ranking, a, a different weight based on their history here at the players. Um, so you can see like Rory McIlroy has actually more shots from 125 to 150 than Justin Thomas has the last two, two events here at TPC Sawgrass. So that's weighted appropriately. We're going to wait more of, we're going to wait the same number of shots from 150 as we wait from 125 to 150 for Rory McIlroy. So if that makes sense, we're basically trying to do this apples to apples from a proximity standpoint um, using the course data and the player data we have available. And then the easy way to just kind of sort through really quick on the highest ranked guys, I'm going to look at overall rank, high to low. Webb Simpson does not have any results in the last five. So we'll take, let's just do this, take that blank out. And then the sample size, like Shane Lowry only has the rounds from the Honda. So there's a red indicator down this right side that shows if somebody potentially again i don't i hate to use the word fluky data but it, in terms of the shorter sample maybe they had a really bad two rounds and they missed the cut and that's all the rounds that we have or they had a really good one round and missed the cut like they played poorly on thursday really good round on friday it kind of jacks their proximity up and that's only two rounds um so this is just a good way for you to identify it so right off the bat again scheffler is going to top the charts for us um a lot of those yardages last week were that 200 to 225, but we also had 175 to 200, which he is very, very, very good at. He's 97th percentile there. So Scotty Scheffler, let me just let me just filter on the top guys. Um, above average for sample, there we go. Scotty Scheffler, Doug Gim at 6,400. Taylor Moore has no history here, so this is just using like the field averages for the proximity. But Taylor Moore's been playing pretty well. Um, Sample size is fine. 69th percentile. Nice. Taylor Moore, Hideki Matsuyama, John Rahm, Russell Knox, Will Zaltorz, Gary Woodland, Matthew Neesmith. Interesting name that shows up there. Um, very interesting name. 150 to 175 is tip tops for him. So that's just a couple right off the bat that I'm listing out that I will have a lot of attention to the next two days. Um, I will obviously use the EAP data to kind of cross-reference this, but the, the super prox data has been very good. Um, and then you're just trying to use our other data to make a educated decision on line of construction around the core guys. So like for me, Scotty Scheffler is probably going to be popular. I haven't looked at the ownership yet. I'm hesitant to play him when I played him so much last week over 10 K. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how Scheffler kind of grades out with his history. But like Hideki, Hideki's a great play. We played him last week. Um, showdown, he he really played poorly on Saturday and played extremely well Sunday. But his showdown data looked great, and obviously his longer term data that we have looks good for this golf course. <laughs> John Rahm, we'll see at eleven one. 
I think he's actually going to be lower owned. I think people are finally one. It's a majorish pricing, so the the balance builds make a lot of sense, and they're easier to stomach. You know, your lowest price guy being Max Home at seventy five hundred, um, as opposed to last week at seventy five hundred, who was at uh, Tom Hoagie, who almost missed the cut, but like a, a Tom Hoagie or somebody, Lanto Griffin. That's Max Home was a different quality, obviously. So. This is a very good way for us to look at it. And obviously, if you want a bigger sample, we even have the last 10 tournaments, which I'll just see if there's any overlapping names here. Um, again, above average for the sample size. Make this a little bit bigger. Whoops. Jeez. There we go. Um, Eric Van Royen. Huh? pops up in the last 10 interesting so like that would be one that he didn't show up in the recent form the 5t i'll look up eric eric van ruyen and look a little deeper into what his last couple results look like and maybe he's a play at 7100 uh, russell knox shows up again makes a lot of sense i think his home course is here actually too not that, that home course advantage really matters at tvc sawgrass um scheffler hideki matsuyama show up again three four Russell Henley makes a lot of sense. Lucas Glover, 6,600, very cheap Lucas Glover. Joel Damon, Cameron Smith. That's nice to see Cameron Smith show up. He'll probably be a popular play this week. Um, and then a, real quick, Tom Hoagie, Kazire, Rom, Wise, and Woodland. Woodland shows up twice. So that is the Super Prox data. A really good way to look at it. Like I said, just go to fantasygolfbag.com. Uh, if you're not already a member, you can use Bag22 for 50% off and get a nice preview of this going into the major season. I mean, the players championships, basically a major with the field. Um, and then I've, I've talked extensively about spectrum, which is a great tool for us to use. Let's talk about the EAP. So this is the main extended approach model that we have at fantasygolfbag.com. Again, I, I love starting with super prox. It's a really, it's a really cool tool the way it's the way we built it. Um, but the EAP has more data um at a macro level versus the granular approach data that the super prox has that's kind of course centric so what we're going to do is we have this model ranking here i'm just going to use um the last 5t let's see and we're going to build a model over here on the right so i don't know why i can't scroll We're going to reopen that. Lost my scroll bar. All right, here it comes. Yep, now we're back. So I'm going to make this a little bit bigger. There we go. Yeah, make it a little bit bigger, I guess. So we have two options, 5T and 10T. And this will be the part of the podcast I'll talk through guys that pop out immediately um, in terms of a first look. So we're going to model this out. We have our custom rank column here. We have all of the data. You can see Spectrum is identified again here. It's a huge it's a huge benefit over strokes gained is using Spectrum. Um, a couple of new stats, which I talked about in our Discord. If you have questions about any of these, please reach out or hop in the Discord. And um, we have that available for you. And then let's go ahead and talk through how we want to kind of rank our golfer. So we already kind of have an idea that 
driving distance isn't necessarily correlated to this golf course for the actual event. Uh, so again, what I mean by that is the two sides of the coin is one is if you had someone come into this event, gaining strokes off the tee or, you know, weighted driving distance above the field, that's positive. Um, that's different than in this tournament, gaining significant strokes off the tee or gaining significant distance against the field. So I will use spectrum off the tee. I'm not really concerned with driving distance. So I won't use that. Me. There we go. So you can, you can, again, you can see all the data. I'm going to use spectrum off the tee. Spectrum approach. I'm probably going to change that weight. Spectrum putting. I like this week. Um, use it the last couple of weeks. It just it really helps you weed out guys that just can't putt, um, or at least have been putting poorly for an extended period of time. So you can manipulate that higher or lower if you want to use no putting. That's fine. I'm going to use some putting. I want to weed out the guys that aren't likely to make many putts because they haven't shown they've made any putts over the last five or ten tournaments. Um, number of approaches is a sample size. 5% is fine. Driving accuracy. So let's go ahead and use a little bit of weighted driving accuracy. Our driving accuracy and, and um, <coughs> excuse me, di driving distance numbers are considered plus driving accuracy, plus driving distance in terms of we actually filter all of our accuracy numbers um, on holes where guys are hitting the intermediate rough or the fairway. So it's again, it's relative to the field, but we count intermediate rough as the fairway, similar to data golf. But if you think about how golf courses are set up, it's not really that penalty. It's not really hard to be off the fairway by a foot. The primary rough is more of an indicator of an errant shot, intermediate roughs borderline, and we'd rather skew it towards accuracy. So the driving distance is similar. We only weight driving distance on holes where the average drive is over 275. So we're not weighing like Pebble Beach hole number one. That's like 260. That's that doesn't help us any or RBC Heritage where some hole is like 240 off the tee, stuff like that. So weight and driving accuracy. Let's use a little bit there. Green regulation is going to be pretty big. Let's jack green regulation up to 20 percent. Um, weighted procs inside of six feet. Not concerned with. And that helps a little bit with the recent knowledge of like the Honda Classic was very difficult for guys inside of six feet. If you pay attention to our showdown data, you you probably notice this quite a bit. Um, so I'm not concerned with weighted procs inside of six feet. It just that's that's going to skew us a little bit <clears throat> against guys that played last week. Um, again, it's weighted, so it, it would help, but there just wasn't that many shots. So in a certain sense, it would skew anyone that hit maybe one shot around inside of six feet with their approaches over the field. So um, 12 feet, I'm actually going to take out. Let's take that out. 18 feet, we'll use positive approaches. We'll move down to 10%. Weighted proximity inside of 18 feet will be 15%. Or you know what? We'll do 10%, 18 feet, 5%, 12 feet, just to give a little extra boost to someone that may be hitting it closer than the field on average. So Again, this is super basic. You can manipulate this any way you want. Our biggest focus and what I'm about to reveal in terms of the guys at the top of our rankings will be um, centered around green regulation, spectrum off the tee and approach, approaching green regulation, kind of double counting there along with weighted proc. So again, you can <laughs> create your own weights or manipulate it. Maybe create like three or four models, <clears throat> a mixed modeling system, and then see who kind of crosses two or 
two of the three or three of the four, however you want to do it. So let's take a look. Let's reveal this. We're already 36 minutes in. As always, guys, appreciate you tuning in to the uh, the first look show. I know it's somewhat difficult for audio only. And then with the video, I think it provides a big benefit. But hopefully this does help. Custom rank. We're going to filter out two guys. Um, or not two guys. I'm sorry. Bryson DeChambeau. Since he's out. And then we're going to filter on custom rank. And what we're going to have to do is filter out Webb Simpson because he has no rounds. So we'll take that out. <coughs> Excuse me. Get a drink of water. Um, all right. Sorry about that. So, again, right off the bat, Shane Lowry is top for... For one, Spectrum approach is really high for him, which is good. I mean, that's that's a good sign. We only have data from the Honda. So, again, it's four rounds, all from the Honda. Um, weighted prox numbers look great. And, again, it's all from the Honda. But you can see, I, I think there's actually something to using birdie or better this week. Um, birdie or better kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with putting, but it also depends on the player. Par 5 scoring is a big part of it. So, if we use par 5 and we kind of filter on above average for par five scores, this might give us a really good, what did I do? Below average? Hang on. <coughs> Let's see. Gotta love Excel. Nice freezing up. What I wanted to do is filter on, um, <coughs> excuse me, weighted procs, um, weighted birdie or better, weighted proxies at 18 feet, and then the weighted par fives. And I want to get an idea. Oh, that's why. Why is it frozen? Let me hop out of super prox. Wow. Well, that's fun. Let me hop out of this thing. Let me redo it really quick. This shouldn't take too long. Apologies. This machine is a real trooper. It's running the data, which is, is pretty deep. And then I have the live stream window open. It's trying to do a green screen. It's like it's a trooper <coughs> in terms of not dying yet, but it's close. Um, so apologies. It's Let me redo the model real fast. Maybe I can do this off of memory. Um Hear that 15, 15, 10, 5. This was 10. That was 15, I think. And then a weighted green regulation was 15. Easy. There we go. All right. So we're back to where we were. So we've got the model up. We're going to do our custom rank, largest to smallest. We're going to take out the blank for web. And then the weighted procs, or sorry, not weighted procs, weighted par 5, par 3, and par 4 scoring. The, it's it's weighted to the field, so lower is actually better. That was my problem. I did it above average, and I should have done below average because it's technically a score. So below average, and that that would be a pretty good list, like right off the bat. I would try to build a lineup using this. Um, Billy Horschel at 8,100. Max Homa, 7,500. Xander Shoffley, 9,700. John Rahm, 11-1. I mean, I would, I would at least try to fit in some John Rahm this week. Um, he's one of the only 
guys, I think, that finished in the top 15 each of the last two times they played here, 2019-2021. Um, Jokey Neiman, Scotty Scheffler, Victor Hovland, Russell Knox. So, again, it's a strong field. So, no, I mean, listen this down. It's not like it's anybody crazy jumping off. Um, but, yeah, let's uh, – I think the way to par five is actually pretty valuable. So, we'll definitely use that. So, here we go. <coughs> Excuse me. Alrighty, let's talk through the top guys, and then we'll uh, we'll try to rattle off the the low guys again. We'll try to hammer that out at the end on on Wednesday, but for the for the sake of the time, um, two big points that stick out in the 10k range. One is Colin Morikawa doesn't have a lot of data for us. He only has four rounds. His weighted par five scoring doesn't look great. Again, it's only four rounds, so you kind of gotta you know maybe jump back to 10t. And you can take a look at him. He's got 12 rounds in the last 10, but he's been playing overseas in Saudi Arabia or, or Dubai, wherever, for the DP World Tour. So that's the reason why he has less rounds than a lot of these other guys. But the top guys, again, is John Rahm. John Rahm off the tee and approach looked great. Weighted par three, par four, par five scoring is all under the field. Um, green regulation is really big. And this is recent form. So I know everyone talks about how bad he was. Um, the last couple of weeks, but if we go pull up John Rahm on data golf, outside of putting, everything else has been pretty strong. You can see that right across the board. So I'm, I may be wrong. Maybe, maybe people will go back to him, but it's been very frustrating to roster <coughs> John Rahm, excuse me, um, over the last couple, really last couple months. So we'll be going back to John Rahm at 11-1 if we can fit it in. Uh, Justin Thomas sticks out, obviously had success here last or yeah, last year. And a lot of that was putting to be honest, but you saw the 14 under par on the par fives go there. Victor Hovland the same way. So the top, the top three guys over 10 K in order that I would rank them. Um, I think John Rahm at 11 one, if, if this ownership stays down below 15%, which I, I don't know if it will, but hope, I hope it does. Um, John Rahm at 11 one. Victor Hovland at 10-1, and then Justin Thomas at 10-4. Those are the top three. Um, 9K range, a little bit a little bit different. Like we've been, I've been mostly off Cantley this year, which hasn't worked out. Um, the times he has played. I mean, he, he's so he's he's a very good player. He's one of the best in the world, obviously. Uh, but from a data point, he hasn't been hitting his irons that well. Uh, if there's anything we know about this golf course it really does come down to the irons. It, it, it doesn't always correlate off of recent form into the irons. Like some guys that come here, Webb Simpson didn't have the best irons, but he putted it lights out. Justin Thomas struggled. I don't remember what he shot in round one or round two. Um, and then just went lights out on Saturday <clears throat> and then hung around on Sunday. So the putter can save a lot of guys, which is why I wanted to weigh it. Um, but for the 9K guys, let's see. Xander Shoffley sticks out. Scotty Scheffler obviously sticks out. Surprising here that Xander is above Scotty. Um, Scotty's been good. I think it's because we're weighing approach and off the tee the same. And we probably want to give a little more bump to approach. And I bet that would bump quite a bit back to Scotty Scheffler because Scotty's irons have been really been way better than Xander's. And the off the tee is slightly worse. I mean, it's not worse. It's just slightly less than as good as Andrews. That's probably a better way to phrase it. Um, and Hideki. I really like Hideki this week. I think he's at a different point. I, I don't know if it's after the Masters win or something. Mentally, he looks different. He looks more relaxed. 
Um, still the same Hideki, one-handed to five feet, but he's stat-wise, he looks great. And I think mentally he's a little bit more um, at ease, which probably happens if you're a Japanese guy that wins the Masters and you go back to Japan, you're probably at ease for night after night, if you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> Hideki, I do like Hideki at 9,600. Um, and that's it. I mean, Jordan Spieth is never going to pop. We'll see what the ownership is. He's on, he's he's not a scary fade, but he's one of those where you you I feel like you reap more rewards when you play Jordan Spieth than the times you fade him. It just I mean we can even go back and look at um Jordan Spieth really quick. And again, Jordan Spieth would not be a top target. Uh, Xander. Um, Hideki and then Scotty would be the top three. Again, it depends on ownership a little bit on on Scotty, but those are definitely the top three I want to look at. But like for, <coughs> excuse me, for Jordan Spieth, even this year he's been all over the place. He's been trending up a little bit um, the last couple starts in terms of ball striking, but he doesn't really crush you <coughs> a lot. If we look at last year. Um, he was starting to get popular at this point in time in the year, but even prior to that, we, I'm not sure anyone really knew he was about to turn it around as well as he did, but he rattled off a T4, a T3, T15, T4, a T9, a win, a third, a ninth, a second, 18th, 19th, second, 12th. I mean, it's just crazy. And for a guy with his, that much upside, this golf course is not going to reward length off the tee necessarily. Jordan Spieth is not a bad course fit um, on this in the, on this golf course. Let me go and pull up his. <coughs> excuse me. PGA Tour events, the players. So yeah, I mean, it's course history. No one's going to play him. I think Spieth's an interesting one this week. And like I said. There's not a lot of course history on these guys. I mean, like even maybe Justin Thomas. I didn't look at Justin Thomas's recent form or course history before we got into last year. But, I mean, it's mixed. He looks like he's handled his golf course better than Spieth has. But outside of a T11, he's got a T75, a T35, a T11 in 2018. So, like, okay, that's decent. But no trend. I mean, a top three in 2016, at least he showed upside. Excuse me. Um, and then same with, uh, let's see, Rory. I think Rory probably had the best course history of anybody that ended up winning it. Yeah, so like a T8, T6, T8. So like he had a nice run there. That's impressive. T12, a T35, then a missed cut, and then he won. So it's funny how they kind of bounce back in that sense. But he's missed the cut last year. It's just a very weird golf course in terms of course history. Um, just wanted to point that out. <clears throat> um, and then, I mean, Cameron Smith is not looking great in our 5T, so that would be something worth looking into a little bit deeper. In the 10T, Cameron Smith is a good bit higher, um, so definitely would, would look into Cameron Smith also for this week. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, struggling been like three weeks of this like allergies slash it's not COVID, but like allergies slash cold slash sinus infection. I don't know, but <clears throat> the cough is really annoying. So apologies for those listening that 
I'm just coughing in your ear. All right. Uh, AK range. Let's talk about the AK range. Shane Lowry, I said, only four rounds of data. Very top. Well, I'll probably have a good bit of exposure to Shane Lowry. Um, I don't see anybody in this range being super popular. I, I mean, there's no one really blew it out of the water. Maybe Terrell Hatton, when we get to the sevens, gets a bump or Fitzpatrick makes sense that he would be pretty popular in that 7K range. But in the 8Ks, it's pretty wide open. Just to, for reference, Zalatoris is 8,900. Um, he's fine. He, he's probably going to get played. Um, Daniel Berger, Louis Ustase. I'm curious what they do with Berger. Ustazen probably gets played. Um, Brooks and Tony Fina are probably lower owned in this group. Joaquin Neiman, Sung JM, Adam Scott, probably, you know, even 8% ownership across those three. Billy Horschel, probably on the low end as well. And then Shane Lowry, I'm not sure what people do with. I mean, again, the data looks really good, but we all know it's only four rounds. So there's, it's not just short samples are tough if you want to lean into them in terms of this. This is a really good sign. I want to be on it before everyone knows the longer term form looks good. But in this range, really, Joaquin Neiman, Billy Horschel has been playing really well this year. Um, and Sungjae. I'll keep going back to Sungjae. I think that's a <clears throat> a really good move on this type of golf course. And all these guys gain strokes putting. Um, Tony Fina is the only one losing strokes in this range, which is interesting. All right, 7K range, and then we'll wrap it up with the 6Ks for this first look. Um, let me just trim out the above average guys for our ranking just to make it easiest. So 7K range, and I'll, I'll try to bounce around in terms of my favorite guys. Without even looking deeper, Max Home will probably be one of the top guys I play at 7,500. Um, played him a lot last week, it paid off. Played him a lot the week before, paid off. Um, he's playing extremely, extremely well. Fitz played really well. Matthew Fitzpatrick played really well overall last week. Did not make a lot of birdies, but very consistent. Um, and he's actually, ironically, a very good par five score. So you can see here, we have eight rounds of data for Fitz in the last five tournaments. He is negative 0.3. He's gaining 0.3 strokes on par fives against the field. That's really good. Um, I'm not sure if there's anybody at the top that gains that much. So from a par five scoring aspect, Fitz isn't the longest. It's probably a lot of wedges, and he's very good with it. So Fitzpatrick, Max Homa, 77-75. That's a good start. Um, Paul Casey, I mean, he shot 83 on Sunday. Probably going to play him again. I'm, I'm not that burnt by uh paul casey but he was bad but i'll play some paul casey um <clears throat> russell henley with his irons bermuda greens um there's there's really at the price there's really not much i can say bad about russell henley it's going to be an iron game his irons are some of the best um in this range proximities if you look down the board for russell henley and proximities Pretty good. Um, strokes gained, 53% these positive approaches, 2% gain on the weighted procs inside of 18 feet. Yeah, so Russell Henley's good. Gary Woodland's playing really well, and this is a good golf course for him at 7,400. Uh, Tringali, I'll go back to Tringali. Corey Connors. So Corey Connors is interesting. I played him in showdown last week. I faded him for the full week, and he played really well. He played really solid. So I don't know if maybe we're getting the Corey Connors back. 
um, that we're used to from last year. Uh, let me pull up his card really fast. But like, again, the, the proximity numbers that we showed for, for showdown last week, he wasn't necessarily popping, but he was very consistent from inside of 30 feet and 24 feet, which for that golf course was huge. So yeah, you can see a nice, he was trending down, turning down, miscut, miscut, poor putting. Then he started losing strokes on approach, T38, miscut, <clears throat> which isn't a good sign. And last week was a little bit back to normal. Off the tee, he gained an approach, he gained a shot um, and finished T11. So he's probably going to be on the popular side just off of that finish alone last week with his seventh place finish here last year. So, <coughs> excuse me. So I think Corey Connors is definitely in play. There's a lot of guys in the 7K that are in play. I mean, right off the bat, I could play, I could start lineups with Homa, one one or two of Fitz, Homa, Woodland, Henley, Connors, Cameron Young. Um, I'm not a Sahith Agala guy. He does grade out pretty well, so maybe I'll look a little bit deeper into him, but I haven't been playing much uh, Sahith Agala. And uh, low 7K range, let's see. Russell Knox. Grades out great across the board. So, yeah, I'll, of course, have some Russell Knox exposure. Um, and I'll look a little bit deeper into Eric Van Roy and Ryan Palmer and Tom Hoagie. So, like I said, a lot of a lot of good names in the 7K range. Even Taylor Gooch, I kind of skipped over, who played well through three rounds last week, um, is worth going back to. All right, 6K. And then we'll get you out of here for the first look. Um, top guys that show up. Let me go a little bit higher in terms of our – our model ranking just to get a, a nice, nice look at it. Only a few, only a few. So I did the top 25% in our overall rank just to see the top, top guys. Bubba Watson, 6,900. Interestingly enough, I think he actually, this isn't a Bubba track, but I feel like he's had a couple good events here over the years. Could be completely wrong, but let's take a peek. Uh, a couple good ball striking weeks, nothing, no top 10. So zero. So may just fade them off of that alone. I know course history I mentioned isn't, doesn't hold much weight, but I, if no one's shown any upside, I think I saw a trend like nine of the last 11 winners have finished at least, you know, T4 better one time in the last five years or something or any time in their history, maybe um, Bubba has shown nothing. So gaining off the T Losing around the green approach and irons have not been good. So I don't know. I probably still have some exposure to Bubba. Um, he'll be super low, and so it won't take very much. Yeah, I'm not too afraid of that. I'll, I'll play a little bit of Bubba. Brian Harwin, we mentioned his, his course history the last couple of years. Uh, he's at 6,900. Good, looks good. Matt, uh, Matt, Patton Kazire, 6,900. Mito Pereira, 6,700. Sebastian Munoz has been playing well, played well last week. Was like, I think he helped take down 50K for somebody. Um, he's he's a very good birdie maker across the board, par three, par four, par five. And then approach buckets are fine. They're not popping, but again, he's 6,700. Taylor Moore, I like that. And then Hayden Buckley looks good, but I don't know if I can do it. He's 6K, so maybe it's worth a punt. His weighted procs is good. We have a good number of rounds. We have nine rounds from them, so good is relative. So maybe take a chance on Hayden Buckley. Um, 
And like I said, well, my, my core article will be out uh, Wednesday. It'll be out tomorrow. And then Wednesday will be the plays usually by noon. And we'll be back for, <coughs> excuse me. We'll be back for the final look on Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. So appreciate everybody tuning in. This is just under an hour. Hopefully this helps out. I'm sorry it wasn't an interactive show. It just worked out that with the pricing, I could do this in the middle of the day and have it done for you. Um, so hopefully this does help. Again, I highly encourage you if you haven't already, just use the code. Try it for, for a week or a month. Um, certainly for the showdown, but the, the overall data is really good. Um, and we work really hard at the showdown data, which I, I think once you see it once and use it for showdown, you won't go back because it's it's an extremely valuable to use comparing golfer to golfer from the EAP perspective versus just, oh, I, this guy gained strokes on approach means zero, means absolutely nothing. Um, so don't take my word for it. Go check it out. Again, there's a sample if you just want to just sample it and, and see what all is offered. But highly encourage you to try to try it out. Our, our prices are pretty reasonable. And um, again, we're very receptive to feedback if you want to hop in Discord and, and give us feedback or ask stuff. I mean, we've added like probably six or seven different stats in the last two weeks for guys playing the Honda. And last week at the API for, for like par five scoring to try to make it as much good data, valuable data for showdown as possible. So appreciate you guys tuning in. Again, this is sponsored by fourballfantasy.com. So check out fourball. That's the number four ballfantasy.com. And then at fantasy golf bag, the code is bag 22. So we'll see you guys later. Thank you for tuning in and uh, best of luck this week should be a fun week. Bye.